Okay, today on the show, we cover 1976's classic boxing film, Rocky, and also 1987's RoboCop. Alright everyone, welcome to Brandon at Random Reviews. I am your host, Brandon Griffiths. Thank you for tuning in, I do appreciate it. Uh, As I mentioned on this week's episode, we're going to cover a couple of movies, but as always, I like to ramble on about nonsensical shit for a few minutes beforehand. You know, as I've mentioned in the past, I'm doing my maintenance dieting and I'm trying this thing where I actually... I'll, I'll have days where it's basically like a free-for-all and I'll just binge on whatever the hell I feel like eating and usually that's a lot of stuff. And so I'll just, for instance, like the other day I I had donuts at work, like plural donuts and I mean at least three we're talking. And after I, you know, I, I ate other things throughout the day in combination with those donuts and then on top of that I ate three tacos from a taco truck with a glass bottle of coke which is always the best kind of coke but to be completely honest it's it doesn't get any better than that and you know I went to the taco truck and I just knew I knew what I was getting myself into and it's my baseline you know the the weight that I hit when I hit my goal was 150 pounds and I I based that number, everybody always asks me what I based that number on, and it was actually based on, you know, I looked up the body mass index for me for my height and weight and all that stuff, and it showed me, you know, the, you know, and my age, of course, but it showed me the healthy range of BMIs that I, you know, should theoretically be in if I'm going to be a healthy person and so I chose basically it's like 151 was like smack dab in the middle and 150 was a nicer rounder number so I went with that right and so I hit that number and now when I do this binging thing I'm putting on a few pounds and I realize that that's you know it's not necessarily weight that's going to stick around perfectly but I'll hop on the scale and and Wednesday morning after Taco Tuesday, along with all the donuts and everything, I weighed a whopping 156 pounds. And that doesn't seem like a lot to a lot of people, I assume. But at the same time, it is it is a lot to all of a sudden weigh after having weighed six pounds less the day before, you know. So I kind of like went, and I just, I had, so I what I've started doing is I'll, I'll basically intermittently fast and I'll I'll have no joke like 2 days following a, a binge like that I will just have a protein bar for breakfast and then another one for lunch and that is pretty much all I'll eat for that day. I'll you know I still get a little bit of calories from like energy drinks and you know the different stuff that I the different beverages that I have but 
it works pretty well, actually. I mean, I, I haven't had any problem turning it around and, and getting back where I want to be. It's just, it's such a struggle because I'd love to be able to to consistently eat at a level. And I know that that's, that is a possibility. You know, you could just find the, the calorie count for the day that you need to stick with in order to maintain a weight. But I just, my brain doesn't work like that. I'm I, I just love my food too much, so it's just, I don't know. I've been trying to set up this Facebook page for Brandon at Random Reviews. So I have a WordPress blog site. It's called uh, Brandon at Random.wordpress.com. And I, I also have what they call an RSS feed for the podcast. And so what it is, is it's a site that you go to and you upload the actual podcast episodes to and put in the description and everything. And then you get a URL for that RSS feed and you just post that to, you know, you create an account on all the different podcast sites and you just post that URL to all those sites. And when as you upload podcast episodes or schedule them or whatever, it'll automatically load them onto the podcast sites, which is really cool. I mean, it's nice because then you don't have to go in and remember all these logins and, you know, try and get everything uploaded on the right day and scheduled for the right time and everything. And I'm still trying to work out some kinks with the the scheduling because I right now I have them coming out at 4 o'clock on 4 o'clock p.m. on Thursdays. And it seems to work okay, but I'm actually, I'm dabbling it. Like, I feel kind of like an idiot because I am just doing this for fun. I don't have any delusions that I'm I'm going to be immensely successful with this podcast. But I do, it's it's like I'm, I'm spending, I, I'm choosing to spend money if I can get it to work on Facebook ads for my podcast just to kind of get some more exposure and see if other people will listen in. And the the hard part is, is I don't, you know, either, either one of my websites, the RSS feed or the WordPress site, they're not domains that I own, you know? So I don't have a Brandon at random.com and I don't know that I'll ever spend the money to get that. But I, I basically have to use these Facebook default created ads to run on Facebook and you know, it's it's a few dollars. It depends on how much you want to spend. They give you a budget. You know, they let you stay within your budget and all that stuff, which is cool. And I, I like it. Um, but Facebook, on their pages, you know, if, if you've ever created a page on Facebook, you know that there are a lot of things that you can do. Uh, they're mostly geared towards businesses, in my opinion. But they used to have an option that you could actually put in your RSS feed for your podcast and it would automatically upload like any other podcast site to Facebook. And now for whatever reason, as of like June 3rd, 2022, they did away with that, which is terrific. Cause that, you know, obviously like just as I'm starting to do a podcast, it's, it's, oh yeah, Facebook's done away with that. Even though I look through like a dozen different tutorials on how to get how to load my podcast and I just couldn't figure out why it wasn't working for me. And it's like, oh, 
Yeah, I guess that's probably why. It's probably because they stopped doing it and they didn't fucking update any of their uh, pages. So I, I, what I really want with this this thing is to be accessible to people and I want people to know where they can listen to the podcast and I, I just want a chance for everybody to, to listen and let me know what they think or, you know, listen and just be entertained by it, whatever they got to do. It's just, it's something I'd really like for people to be able to get exposed to. I mean, I'm working on it, but at the same time, I'm kind of casually, you know, being standoffish about getting too invested in it. And I mean, that's just, them's the breaks, you know? And by the way, as I'm looking through, uh, as we are about to get into these movies, I just want to make a note that is specifically trivia is meant to be trivial. And this is directed mostly at IMDb because just anybody can post trivia to the IMDb. It's, it's supposed to be trivial, but it's also supposed to be interesting and it's not supposed to be fucking blatantly obvious. Okay. So just just want to make a note of that. I don't I don't have a specific example, but look at any IMDb movie page, thumb through the trivia section and see what it says about that movie and I guarantee there'll be some stuff in there that it's like, "Oh, yes, you know, they actually wore a real Armani suit in that scene." And it's like, "Okay. I don't care." All right. The first movie that we are going to talk about, I am going to talk about, let's be honest. I mean, you're not doing very much of the heavy lifting here. Um, Is Rocky from 1976 with director John G. Avildsen, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. He did the Karate Kid movies, or at least least a couple of them. Uh, He also came back to direct Rocky V, which, by the way, this movie Rocky has five sequels. Rocky II, Rocky III, Rocky IV, Rocky V, Rocky Balboa, and then two spinoffs in Creed and Creed II. Okay? So, this this was an immensely successful thing that, that happened here. So, we'll, we'll talk a little more about how it came to be. The director also directed a movie called Eight Seconds, which I've heard of before, and I kind of want to see it because I've seen it, I've seen the poster for it. I don't know what it's all about. I just, I'm intrigued by it, I guess. You know, so I'd be remiss if I didn't immediately mention the writer of this movie was Sylvester Stallone. He wrote this script in three and a half days, which is pretty impressive. He, he wrote pretty much all of the Rocky movies in some capacity. I don't know if he fully wrote the script to all of them, but he, he wrote most of them. Uh, he wrote pretty much all of the Rambo movies. The first, the first Rambo movie, First Blood, is a classic to me. I'll always love it. It's such a great film, and it's very simplistic, but it's, it's this cool one-man army kind of thing, and it's like, yeah, fuck yeah. I can watch it anytime. He also wrote the movie Staying Alive, which is a sequel to the film Saturday Night Fever with John Travolta. John Travolta comes back for Staying Alive, and Frank Stallone, Sylvester Stallone's brother, produced a bunch of songs. Like he, like he actually was like the artist that made 
a bunch of these songs for this staying alive movie and they're pretty stupid but you know what can you do uh, another another note in his writing is so he he started a movie called Cobra and that was based on a novel and when they were adapting it for the screen he, you know he was a writer and he made some changes and so you know how they often will you know when a popular movie is coming out based on a book they'll re-release that book with the cover for the movie on the cover of the book and, you know, give it a little bit of marketing appeal. And apparently Sylvester Stallone went so far as to try and get his name put on as an author on the original book, which, by the way, he had absolutely nothing to do with in any capacity. He, he, didn't, he didn't write the book at all. But that's just the kind of guy Sylvester Stallone is. He just, he loves to, uh, you know, get writing credit for stuff. You know, I mean, he's obviously the star of this movie. I'll get to that in a second. But um, Bill Conti, he he uh, he composed the theme song and score for this movie. And I can't deny the theme song is a classic. It is memorable. It is motivating, inspirational, whatever you want to call it. It's a very cool theme song. And he did a great job on it. I can't, I can't argue with him. Um, some of the other movies he did were like uh, the Karate Kid, For Your Eyes Only, which is a James Bond movie, and he also did Mr. Mom with Michael Keaton. He did The Right Stuff, which I need to see that movie. I've always heard it's really good, but it's also like almost three and a half hours long, I think. So it's like, I really struggle because I can't remember the last movie I watched that was that long, that was worth watching. It might have been like one of the Godfather movies or something. I don't know. With Stallone, you know, Sylvester Stallone is the lead uh, in this movie. He is Rocky Balboa. The Italian Stallion is his nickname. He, as I mentioned, was in First Blood and all the Rambo movies. Uh, he was also in a movie called Demolition Man with Wesley Snipes, which is a so-bad-it's-good kind of movie. Same with Tango and Cash, so-bad-it's-good, but that was with Kurt Russell. Uh, he was in Creed 1 and 2, which I've been meaning to watch, but I haven't gotten around to it because I just I don't know how I feel about him. Like I'm just not as excited as I wanted to be. And then he was in a movie called rhinestone in the 80s with the one and only dolly parton and in this movie sylvester stallone sets out to be a country music star and we get sly stallone himself singing multiple songs in the movie and as you may imagine it's pretty fucking terrible he doesn't sing very well at all guys i know you're talking like this i can't believe he wouldn't talk real good he can't sing real good neither. But yeah, I mean, that's that's the way I feel about Sylvester Stallone's voice. Sorry, Sylvester, if you're listening. So supporting cast-wise, we've got Talia Shire, who she plays Adrian, And I really only know her as Connie from the Godfather movies. And she's really good in those. I mean, everybody's really good in the Godfather movies. Just let me save you that, that time right now. 
that everybody's solid in those fucking Godfather movies. Obviously, the other Rocky movies that she's in, I don't, I didn't specifically look into it to see if she was in all of the rest of them. I don't remember if they kill her off because I've only seen Rocky, Rocky Three, Rocky Four, and Rocky Balboa. Those are the only ones I've seen. And so I can't remember if she's still in any, you know, if she's in the later ones or if she disappears or what happens to her. Burgess Meredith is in this movie as Rocky's trainer, Mickey. You might know Burgess Meredith. I certainly know. I know Burgess Meredith from the Adam West Batman TV series and movie where he played the Penguin. Okay. He was also in the Grumpy Old Men movies or... Maybe just the first one, I can't remember. I mean, he's a solid, he's very good in this movie. He's he's a solid trainer. You know, he's, he's the guy that says, you're going to eat lightning and you're going to crap thunder. And that's just a fucking great line. I mean, you don't forget that very easily. Carl Weathers plays, so I should probably, you know, he's, he's Apollo Creed. And Apollo Creed is this prize fighter and he can't find anybody to to fight him, right, on on this short notice, and he's got to have a fight. So what he decides to do is he he wants to find somebody that it would be basically, like, easy to market the fight. And so he finds Rocky's name, and he sees that he's called the Italian Stallion and all this stuff. And so they basically, you know, his people set up this fight with Rocky because they assume he's just... Uh, he, he's just going to win. You know what I mean? Apollo Creed's just going to beat him senseless and not have any trouble doing it. You know, obviously Rocky has other plans for that, but uh, I won't I won't spoil anything. The other movies that Carl Weathers is in are, I, I've covered them on this podcast before, Happy Gilmore and Predator. And he's in, uh, the, he's he plays himself in Arrested Development, like an exaggerated version of himself. Burt Young plays the character of Polly, and most of these characters are featured throughout the series in some capacity. Some, some don't make it to you know make it into other movies in the series, but for the most part, they're in they're in most of them. I mean, Polly, he's played by Burt Young. He's he's not like he's he's apparently not memorable for me because. He was apparently in Chinatown with Jack Nicholson, and I don't remember him in that at all, but I don't really remember much of that movie at all either. So I guess that's not a reflection on him. But basically, we start off the movie, and Rocky is this this amateur fighter, and he doesn't he's not a good enough fighter to, you know, let that pay his bills, you know? So he's he's what they call a leg breaker for a loan shark. And, you know, he, so he just shakes people down that, oh, this loan shark money. Uh, he, he loves Adrian. He goes and visits her at this pet store she works at. And he's always trying to pick her up and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he, he, he really likes her. She's, um, as I mentioned, she's Talia Shire and she's, I mean, she's very good in this movie, although she's very quiet. So I don't really know how well written her part is, to be honest. I don't, it's tough to say. I don't know if it was really a choice or if it was like Sylvester Stallone couldn't write for a woman. There, I'll be honest with you. This movie 
it's very well regarded by a lot of people I know. A lot of people have nothing but good things to say about Rocky. And I think I like the sequels that I've seen better than this movie because this movie, I mean, long story short, it is, it's kind of boring. I mean, it's kind of, there's not a ton going on all the time. And it's just like, okay, I guess we're doing this. We're, you know, Rocky and Adrian are going to go on a date and, you know, it's, it's late. So the ice rink is closed. So, you know, they wanted to skate and Rocky has to bribe the guy driving the Zamboni to let them skate. And in reality, the reason why that happened was because they couldn't afford to pay extras to be in the ice skating rink. They wanted it to be a crowded ice skating rink. There's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's, Training montage after training montage in this movie. Uh, Rocky's very dedicated. You know, Mick is... Mickey wants to train him. He's, you know, reluctant about accepting Mickey because Mickey wouldn't give him the time of day before he got picked for this fight. And there are a lot of cool training montage type things. You know, you, you get the theme song, you know, the famous uh, trek up the 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 steps at the museum I think it is and it's you know everybody knows it where he like lifts his arm up or you know lifts his arms up when he gets to the top and he just he's all excited and he's you know he's just giving it his all I, I will say it's a very inspirational story it it makes you feel like hey you know I could do I could do this you know I just have to put my mind to it you know um, but it's on this on the other side of that coin. As I mentioned, seemingly underwritten characters, you know, obviously Stallone, I mean, it was one of his first movies that he ever wrote, and it it was kind of lacking in a lot of ways for me, especially Adrian. Everybody knows the whole, like, meat locker, punching bag scene where he's, you know, the big uh, pieces of meat are hanging from the ceiling, and, and he's just punching them and shit like that, and... It seems pretty unhygienic to me, but, you know, it's it's classic. It's, you know, it's very cool. It's just, but I'll say, the, the movie, I just don't know. I, I mean, I wasn't impressed on this this watch through. I, I wasn't blown away by it. So this was, this was set in Philadelphia, and it was mostly shot in Philadelphia. I So I found something out. I wondered at one point, especially I think it was, when you see the boxing ring that Apollo and Rocky are going to fight in, and I wonder, I'm like, why is it called a boxing ring? It's it's not a ring. It's a square, you know? And apparently it's because, like, thousands of years ago when, you know, people were going to fight, they would make this crude circle on the ground to kind of define how, you know, where they were supposed to be fighting. And so they just, I mean, it's it got called a ring and it stuck. And, I mean, it didn't stick for UFC or whatever with the octagon, but, you know, it's pretty nifty. So Stallone had, as you can see, I'm kind of getting into trivia type things. Uh, most of this was found on Wikipedia because, believe it or not, Wikipedia does a better job of filtering out shitty trivia. Uh, Stallone had $106 in the bank when he was uh, trying to sell this script, and 
he was about to sell his own dog who actually ends up being featured in the movie and he was offered an unprecedented $350,000 for the script and he almost turned them down and insisted that he be the star of the movie. He wanted to star in this film more than anything. They knew that it would be more marketable with a higher profile actor, but they wanted him or he wanted them to pick him for this movie. And I I mean, you got to hand it to him. I mean, he stuck to his guns and it's definitely paid dividends because if not for this movie, I don't know that we would have gotten to Sylvester Stallone. Not that I I believe the world would have been that much worse off for that, but, you know, whatever. There were a couple of changes to this script, you know, when... I don't know if it was before or after he sold it, but originally he had Mickey being, like, a racist. And so, obviously, you could see how that would play in with, like, Apollo Creed and all that stuff. But he was... Uh, Rocky was going to originally throw the fight because he didn't want to uh, be a boxer anymore. And he, you know, he just didn't, he didn't think that boxing life was for him, I guess. I guess it's good that they changed these things. Because, I mean, if, if, if Rocky would have, if this movie would have ended with Rocky throwing the fight and not wanting to be a boxer, think about how many, I mean, that's like seven movies in this franchise. You know, just think about that. So this movie actually won the Academy Award for Best Picture and Best Director. And Stallone was nominated for Best Actor, but I I don't think he had a snowball's chance in hell at getting it. But my personal opinion is for the, the year that this came out and for the other things that were nominated, I would say Taxi Driver deserved to win for Best Picture and Martin Scorsese deserved to win for best director for Taxi Driver. I just, I personally, and I haven't watched Taxi Driver in a long time and I need to revisit, but it's, if I recall correctly, a much better movie. It's much, much better. But, you know, I mean, it's also cool that Rocky won for best picture and Stallone got a best picture nod for a movie he wrote, you know, I mean, that's pretty cool. Uh, The runtime of this movie was 119 minutes, which was, it's probably about what it needed to be. I I would say that there was some stuff that they could have left on the cutting room floor. Uh, But I I think it was, it was a solid length. The budget for this in 1976, it was $960,000. And by 2021 money, which is the most recent data that I could find, it would have been $4.83 million for this movie. And, you know, with the worldwide gross, it has, you know, to date made $225 million. And according to Wikipedia on the the inflation, it would be $1.07 billion in 2021. It's got an 8.1 rating on IMDb, which is very solid. You know, like I've said before, if you're in the eights, you're in classic territory. Uh, The Rotten Tomatoes critic score is 91%. The Rotten Tomatoes audience score is 69%, which actually kind of gives me a little hope because it's it's like when I say I'm not a big fan of this movie, I'm not exaggerating. Like, I'm just not, I'm not 
head over heels about it. I thought I was going to like it more on the rewatch, but I liked it less. And it just, it wasn't that great. You know, I mean, it, it just, other than the inspirational training stuff, it didn't really get me, you know, hyped up that much at all. So I would rate Rocky from 1976, I'm going to say 3.5 out of 5 stars, which is a little higher. If it weren't such a well-known classic, I might have given it a bigger shaft on that, but I mean, it was it was pretty decent. I mean, it was a, it was a good enough movie. It just wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. Now we will move on to a movie that I am not going to mince words with you. I am a huge fan of this movie. Um, it's the original RoboCop from 1987. The, the director of this movie was Paul Verhoeven. He made the original Total Recall with Arnold Schwarzenegger. He made Basic Instinct with Sharon Stone and Michael Douglas, which, by the way, I just realized that Sharon Stone is definitely in Total Recall, so that's pretty cool. He made Showgirls, which I've only ever seen bits and pieces of, and it seems like a dreadful fucking movie. It's got that chick from Saved by the Bell in it. Not a fan. Starship Troopers is kind of... It's got a lot of parallels to this movie, this RoboCop. It's a very interesting little uh, little movie. It's I, I'm not as big of a fan of it as some people are, but I do like it. It's a solid movie. Uh, the only other one he's made that I haven't seen that I might like to if I get the opportunity is Hollow Man with Kevin Bacon. And I just think that that could be an interesting movie, but who knows? I mean, it, it could go either way. The theme song of RoboCop. So Basil Polidorus is the guy that created this theme song and he did the score for the movie. It's so fucking great. This theme song, once it kicks in, you're just like, holy shit, we're fucking doing it. It's happening. You know, he did other movies. He did uh, the original Red Dawn. He did Iron Eagle, which I need to revisit, by the way, like many other movies. The Hunt for Red October, which is a great fucking movie. I can't recommend that enough. Sean Connery, Alec Baldwin, fucking great. I mean, just a terrific film. Definitely worth watching. It's a Jack Ryan story, for those of you that are familiar. Check it out. And he also did the theme for Starship Troopers, or, you know, he scored it. And then he, he was the composer for Free Willy, which I will not ever revisit. I'm never going to watch Free Willy again, because I just know that there's got to be some terrible acting in that movie, and I barely remember anything aside from the scene that everybody remembers from that movie that's on the cover of the fucking video and all that shit. So when they were casting this part, they wanted a higher profile actor to play RoboCop. An obvious choice would have been Arnold Schwarzenegger, who was on their shortlist. Michael Ironside, who I really only specifically remember from, I mean, he's in other things, but I remember him from a movie called Scanners, which is a David Cronenberg film, where these people have the ability to, like, kill other people with their minds, and it's pretty fucking weird, and, but it's, it's cool. I mean, it's a cool movie. Um, Rutger Hauer, who plays Mr. Earl in Batman Begins. He's the CEO of Wayne Enterprises for a while. And he's also got a very memorable role in Blade Runner, the original. Uh, Tom Berenger, I always, 
I always confuse the names. Like, I obviously know, okay, Tom Berenger is the, you know, as I'm talking about it, I know that he's the guy from Major League, and I think he's in Platoon and things like that. And I always confuse his name, and I'm never sure if I'm right until I see him. But I always confuse him with Tom Bergeron, who is the guy that was hosting America's Funniest Videos for a while there. You know, he's he's like, He's like a talk show host, you know what I mean? So it's like, it, I, I just always, I always get those two mixed up when I'm not initiated. And then Armand Asante was also considered for the role of RoboCop. And he, I only know his name because he gets referenced in the first Santa Claus movie with Tim Allen. As like, he's at like the top of the, li- or, you know, one of the top of the list people because his name is Armand Asante. But I don't really know things that he's from. They uh they ended up casting though Peter Weller as Alex Murphy slash RoboCop. The unfortunate thing is is most of the people in this movie I'm gonna I'm gonna go through a little bit of the cast, but most of the people in this movie are not particularly well known, and they didn't really go on to do other big and better things, with a couple of exceptions. I wanted to list a few movies of Peter Weller's that I knew, but all I could think of was he voiced Batman in the Dark Knight Returns animated film, which is based on the graphic novel of the same name, which is arguably the best Batman graphic novel there is, and possibly one of the best graphic novels of all time. It's just, it's top-notch. It's a very cool story. Uh, He also was in RoboCop 2. They made a third RoboCop movie, and he... He did not want to return. Apparently, he was he was looking to move on to other things, and unfortunately, I don't think he ever ended up finding anything that that was gonna serve him better than these movies. But at the same time, RoboCop three had no business being made into a movie. But whatever. Uh, and they also had a TV show for this one. I, I forgot to mention that, and he didn't come back for that. The other movie I put was literally nothing else because that's what else I've seen him in. Ronnie Cox plays the main bad guy in this movie who's named Dick Jones. And Dick Jones, he works for this company called OCP. And they are developing these robots to serve as police force for the city of Detroit, okay? And so, at the beginning of the movie, there is this big demonstration in this boardroom meeting where they bring in this thing, this this robot called Ed Two O Nine, and it's an enforcement droid. And it is, you know, they're going to show they're going to have this guy point his gun at the the Ed Two O Nine and um, do it, you know, be threatening about it, and. Ed 209 responds improperly to this and and doesn't acknowledge that the guy has stopped being hostile and and basically just starts fucking shooting the guy like a ton of times. And I'll get into that in a few minutes. Dick Jones, he's a very good villain. He it's it's a very cool role he's got. Uh, Ronnie Cox was in the actor that played Dick Jones was in uh, Total Recall. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop 1 and 2, and I don't know if he was in 3, I don't know. Uh, he was also in the movie Deliverance, which I was I previously referenced on this podcast that is one that I personally cannot recommend. 
Kurtwood Smith is in this fucking movie, and you may know him. I mean, he plays Clarence Boddicker in this movie, and he is a great head henchman for the bad guy. He is always going to be known to me as Red Foreman from That 70s Show, and he is great on that show. He's a hilarious guy. He plays a great bad guy in this movie. He he is very very cool. I mean, like he's a he he plays it better than most could, I think. So, the other the other person I don't want to forget is Nancy Allen. She plays Anne Lewis. So she is Alex Murphy's partner before he becomes RoboCop. And the whole idea behind the RoboCop thing is the RoboCop is like the backup program to that Ed 209 that I talk about that, or I was talking about that malfunctioned. And so this is a backup program where they use a donor body for, you know, creating a cyborg. And, you know, basically all the police officers sign their waivers to surrender the rights to their body and all that stuff. And it's just, you know, Alex Murphy obviously is not, not long for this world in these movies because, you know, he's got to become RoboCop. So, you know, Ann Lewis is his partner and, you know, so she's, she's kind of in it throughout. And she is, Nancy Allen is literally in no other fucking movies I can mention, but they did. I found it interesting. They, the director wanted to have her hair cut short in this movie. And it was basically like they kept cutting it and cutting it and cutting it. And they, the basic driving uh, motivation behind having her hair cut short was like they didn't want her to be sexualized and they didn't want it to be like she's just there because she's good looking or whatever, which she's actually a very nice looking person, but they did accomplish what they wanted to do because she does not look good in this movie. Uh, but I've seen other pictures of her in other movies and she looks she looks good. I mean, it's, it's, very, uh, it's a very good job that they did. I mean, as, as I mentioned, you know, they're, they're trying to make this police force. And so, you know, RoboCop is the better backup plan that is, you know, the star of this movie. And, you know, this bad guy, Dick Jones, is just trying to use all of his resources. And he's, he's, he wants the company to take ownership of, of his idea and not RoboCop. I want to go back to the scene where Ed 209 malfunctions. So the guy in this scene... So when they had the Ed 209 malfunction, the guy was covered in what they call squibs, which are these little packets of fake blood that have charges rigged to them that explode to make it look like somebody's getting shot with a gun in a movie, right? It's a very cool effect. It's it's nifty the way they do it. And apparently they put like 200 squibs on this guy and had him do this, you know, and apparently it was very painful according to him because it was it was like getting punched really hard every time one of the charges went off. It's very cool. It's a very awesome scene. It's it, the whole movie is extremely violent. I, I have to tell you, like, very gory, very violent, very enjoyable, though. The, the Ed 209, it's funny because it's such a clunky design. 
It's way too big. It's, you know, it's kryptonite is walking up or down stairs. And the other weird thing about this movie is the Ed 209, they insert these sound effects to make it more intimidating of like a lion's roar when he's, you know, when the Ed 209 is geared up to shoot at somebody. And it just, it's terrible. Like, I, I can't believe that they, it sounds so bad. And like when he falls down the stairs, when Ed, I, I keep calling him he, but he's not really a, a man. Uh, when Ed 209 falls down the stairs, he, he falls over and he's like, wiggling around on his back like a turtle and there's like a giant pig squeal noise that they inserted and it just sounds insane i mean my god i mean obviously the ed 209 scenes like the other thing with that is i mean because there's a lot around those ed 209 scenes but basically the big thing with that is it's like a stop motion animation that they use for shooting those scenes and having, you know, and articulating the robot's movements, you know? And so it's like, it comes off really shitty, you know? And, and this is this movie is, you know, it's supposed to be satirical. It's supposed to be poking fun at things and not, it's not supposed to be taking super seriously. But I guarantee if they would have had the budget, they would have made the... Ed 209 scenes look a little more official and less crappily thrown together. Uh, apparently Verhoeven, the, the director, he, he dialed up violence on this movie wherever he could because he thought it made it seem funnier, which is great. I mean, some of this stuff is deliberately ridiculous. There's a guy that you see repeatedly throughout this movie on TV screens that says, I'd buy that for a dollar. And everybody cracks up laughing, and it's like the least funny thing you'll ever see in your life. Um, there's a, a lot of cool shoot 'em up scenes, uh, as I mentioned, unadulterated violence, and some aggressively well played characters. And then there are some act. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, I'll admit, as far as criticism, there's there's a little bit of not so good acting, I'll say, but it's still pretty solid. I mean. Uh, aside from the the bad stop motion effects and stuff, this I think this movie is still really cool and it really holds up. It's I think if it wasn't made the way it was, it would be really dated feeling, and it still feels pretty dated. But it's it's pretty cool. This movie, although it's set in Detroit, it was almost entirely shot in Dallas because Detroit doesn't have like a ton of picturesque buildings and scenery you know it's it's pretty much a shithole so they didn't really want to shoot it in Detroit and have it look that shitty so they just went with it they went they went pretty far over budget for this movie uh, so they, they had a bunch of of corners they had to cut and things like that the runtime of this movie was 102 minutes the final budget ended up being 13.7 million its worldwide gross was $53.4 million. It has an IMDb rating of 7.6. Uh, the Rotten Tomato critics score is 91%. The Rotten Tomato audience score is 84%. 
I would I would personally rank this because I've loved this since the day I saw it. I would rank this five out of five stars, no questions asked, and that's just how I feel about it. I love it. They did a remake of this movie in 2014, and it had Joel Kinnaman, Kinnaman, whatever his fucking name is. He was in Suicide Squad and Altered Carbon and stuff like that. But he's he played Alex Murphy, and they had him like keep one of his human arms for no reason. And the movie was just overall shitty. Like, I was very relieved when I looked it up and it had pretty low scores, you know, because it just did not capture what it could have. You know, it could have been an updated version of the same movie and been cool, but they basically tried to make it not that. They tried to make it like a standard run-of-the-mill action movie, and that's just not my cup of tea. Not when, not when it comes to RoboCop, that is. So I would say, you know, if if you're looking into these movies, I would say you've got to see Rocky just because, even though I don't think it's that great, it's not as good as everybody says it is, I would check Rocky out because purely the fact that it's the first one, and I mean, I'll be honest, I saw Rocky four before I saw Rocky one, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Rocky four is a masterpiece, but... You know, I would I would certainly check out Rocky, and as far as RoboCop, one thousand percent yes. I mean, you can you can laugh the entire time, and still, it's a very enjoyable movie. It's not too stupid or too over the top. It's deliberately over the top, so it can never be too over the top. All right, everyone, that is my episode for today. Thank you for for tuning in today. Thank you for listening to all I had to say about. Rocky and RoboCop. Um, I think this is a real man's man episode. And I hope you all have a terrific day and make the best of it. Thank you. Brandon at Random Reviews is performed, written, directed, produced, and edited by Brandon Griffiths. Theme music is performed by Augusto Diniz from Fiverr.